Eric, are you in the basement again? Yeah, I'm down here. Okay, what's? Oh my god! Just gosh. be, just be careful. This is like completely flooded. What happened? It's a long story, but I left the sink running, and now it's flooded, and I can't get out. Can you just get like a rope or something? Um, just help me out. Sure. Yeah, I'll get this rope over I, here. What What are you on right now? I, I just had this. It's my inflatable boat, and I just I think something's down here with me, and I don't want to get in the water. Okay. Well, I'm gonna throw this this uh, rope to you here. Catch. Okay. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. Now I'm pulling it in. Okay. okay. Thank you. Oh my god. Go. Oh man. All my research is ruined now. Yeah. Do you have a big fan? Um, I don't think so, but man, you've really got to, um, you've really got to start taking care of this place. I mean, your basement's flooded, your dinghy's hanging out. Well, just, just help me get the rest of this stuff upstairs. Okay. Welcome to the Terror Test. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories, production, monster quality, and scare factor, to decide whether to admit them to our sacred horror canon. In this podcast, we'll put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready, and begin. Okay, so uh, we are in the quarterfinals of Monster Madness. So, uh, yeah, we're down to the two final matchups, which will determine our final contenders. And this episode, it's it's a matchup of the century. <laughs> what? I mean, they're both kind of like uh, from the sea. Sure. Right? Um, and so this is kind of to determine who... Who rules the the ocean? Yep. Um, so we're uh, looking at Shin Godzilla and the Reef. Um, and so we're going to start with the Reef, uh, which uh, was released in 2010, written and directed by Andrew Trauki, starring Damian Walsh Howling as Luke, Guyton Grantley as Matt, Adrian Pickering as Susie, Zoe Naylor as Kate. Karen Darcy Smith is Warren. Um, so let's get into production value and talk about those sharks. Okay, production. Uh, we're looking that the film is timeless in the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. So did you know this was based on a true story? Yes, I had to look at Okay. <laughs> look, I, I didn't know that going in. I just knew that because um, this was a first watch. Okay, it's a rewatch for me. I, I'd seen it some other time before. Yeah, but I looked it up after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that adds to the authenticity mm -hmm. of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, the director really wanted to make kind of the Jaws movie of Australia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because he felt like, hey, sharks are, you know, a concern at our beaches you know it's why don't we have something like jaws yeah well so, yeah and i think i think you have it with this movie i mean i think to some degree yeah that well maybe we could talk about we could talk about story here it's the ending that that bothers me what and, about it and it's not all right well let's let's back up so the 
the beginning feels very familiar, right? Mm-hmm. With the setup of the movie, um, even the fear of, of sharks. I, f- I feel like in terms of getting to know the characters, I feel like there's sufficient background. You begin to care about the characters. You know their relationship is complicated. Yeah, it's very like, well, I won't say totally natural six style, but like it's, you know, you pick up bits and pieces through the dialogue and through the ways right. that they interact with each other. There are some conversations between this couple that, you know, they have a history together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, all of that seems, you know, pretty um, relatable, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and, then, and then continue. And so I feel like the setup is good. There, you know, they're, before they're boarding the boat, there are the, the shark draws on the wall. There's a really, like, ominous conversation she has with, I don't know, the, the guy on the dock. I don't know what you call him. Um, he doesn't go out with them, but he's yeah. like... The dock dude. The, the dock dude. <laughs> the overseer. Mm. I don't know. Um, I thought that, that moment was a nice intro to it. It kind of, like, planted the seeds of fear, right? You mm-hmm. know, I mean... Hopefully, you know, going into this movie called The Reef, that's, <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing the trailers for it before it came out. I mean, the, the poster has a big shark fin. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's just her stranded mm-hmm. on, like, a on a buoy or something like that. Yeah. Now we know it's probably, like, a kickboard. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the build-up I thought was good. I... I also really appreciate sort of like in the middle of the movie before the climax, like once their um, boat has been capsized, those conversations um, on the standing on the bottom of the boat, what to do in arguing and what the real fear is. Um, I think that's some of the some of the best parts of the movie happen right I there. Think the it's tension. The most, I think it's the most interesting part. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's where you have to imagine like what would you do in that situation. Right, who that? That's what I mean. You can identify with the characters. You're like, oh, I'd be like that. I would just be scared out of my wits, and I don't know. Or um, would I go with this guy? That's yeah, that you obviously trust. has an ego. <laughs> like, yeah, and and you trust him, but like you're maybe not as athletic as him. And, yeah. Uh, you also you can't see the island. Yeah. You know, it's just blind faith in this dude who thinks he knows. Yeah. Where he's going. Yeah. So it's a really scary situation. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the best moments for me. And I think as the story goes along and we get into where they're like sort of waiting out in the middle of the ocean, um, all of those scenes, like the effects, I think are great. Um, I mean, there's not much like CGI, but I mean, like the way that cinematography helps build the tension, you're down in the water with them. Yeah, so this the the thing that like keeps happening in the movie is that there there's one pair of goggles. Yeah, and so the main our our main guy Luke, um, he has the goggles, and so he is always as soon as someone thinks they see something, he's down in the water dunking his head, looking, and like you get a lot of shots of just like empty water. Yes, right. which is kind of boring at the same time like the thought of like i mean i I feel like this almost came up in in another movie before um like one of i think the scariest images um that exists is being underwater and then seeing like a shark come out from Mm -hmm, the water mm -hmm. straight towards you um, it's really well done in Swamp Thing, like the Alan Moore run. There's mm-hmm. like an early mm-hmm. bit where that happens and it's creepy. Um, you know, Jaws famously does it. Um, and so I think that is like really effective. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's like, what are you, like, what is it doing for them mm-hmm. to constantly be looking underwater? Because they still have to move on. Well, yeah, that's the the thing. I I asked myself that towards the end. It's like he keeps looking underwater. But honestly, if so, if the shark's doing that, like if he goes underwater and it's that iconic, like the jaws coming at Mm -hmm. you, 
what did looking underwater do? I mean, you're not gonna, you can't do anything at that yeah, point. You can't, you're done. Yeah. I mean, they're stuck in, in the water, so they can't like jump mm -mm. out. Mm -mm. Um, so yeah, it, and, and also with that technique, it also is, I think, kind of overusing what seems like stock footage of sharks. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, because it just creates this disconnect where you you rarely ever see sharks and people in the same frame. Mm -hmm. Right? When you do, it's effective. Mm -hmm. But it just happens so rarely that there's not the same amount of tension as there is in Jaws, where you have, you know, even though Brody is like safe in the boat, when he's like tossing um, stuff over water um, and the shark pops up, like that's scary because mm -hmm. they're in the same frame. Mm. And so there just wasn't enough of that to like maintain the tension mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I, I get that, and I think that's maybe why the ending was like a little of a letdown for me because you lose a lot of that tension. And to be honest, I I wanted to see more. I want to see her story being stranded on that rock. I mean, she's not saved by the end, but you just know she's saved by like the little credit that it was a real story. But I think the bigger story is, oh my gosh, she's alone, stranded. Like she's not food, okay by the no end. Yeah, yeah, like how does show that please mm -hmm. yeah give us a little bit of that um there was kind of too much focus i feel like okay like let's lose trust and faith um in this guy but i feel like that was too much of the focus in the i would say maybe just after the climax of the movie like once they're in the water they're swimming they're hopeless it's mm -hmm. night like they've already lost people mm -hmm. it's like okay like now we're still having that same conversation do we do what this guy tells us to do mm -hmm. like does he still get to be in charge and it's like they just keep revisiting that and yeah finally at it, the end when she's by herself and she has some agency we don't get to see that play so it was like yeah. it wasn't really satisfying even though we knew she was safe mm -hmm. um and in that way it felt a lot like open water have you seen that one it's where like two scuba divers get left behind and so they're just treading water and then sharks come mm -mm. this was made after that um that was also meant to be like very realistic and so you could tell that this was borrowing some of some of the ideas from that movie mm -hmm. um and, and just like stripping people of resources and throwing them in the ocean, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then the threat of sharks. Now, like I, I don't, I can't say that open water is based on a true story. I, I don't remember, but this one is. So, like, you can't argue with like you know, well, they're just going with what happened. But at the same time, like, it, they're just very similar stories. Mm -hmm. um, and so, having watched one, it kind of takes away from the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did like, like I said, I liked the beginning slash middle of the movie a lot. I liked the setup. It was very realistic, like, how they got stranded. You know what? I mean, it wasn't like the engine stopped. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. something that seemed, like, a little less authentic. So I think I'll give, I'll give it a point for production, uh, but the issues with story and pacing... I think it'll come up really more with monster quality. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate thing is that it, it just the second half is, is just not very memorable. Um, but I think the first half is, is strong enough to give it a point mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll do the same. Let's move on to monster quality. Okay, the film's monsters are frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears, and have depth. Uh, so, um, I mean, our monster, our main monster is the shark. Mm hmm Okay. Um, and, yeah, how do we feel about that? Um, I, I'm trying, I, when I was watching it, I was trying to think, okay, what is this movie either adding to or doing 
differently from Jaws, right? To like take the monster to the next level. So it made me think, what's scary about Jaws? Okay, I think what's scary about the movie Jaws is that the shark is attacking in places where people feel relatively safe. So like near the shoreline or in a town like Amity, right? Like there's this false sense of safety. And this one, that's all stripped away. Like, come on, there's there's nothing, (laughs) there's no safety in swimming in open water near a reef in Australia. Like if you were gonna ask somebody, where do you think sharks live? Like if I asked my six-year-old, she would say probably near a reef in Australia. Like, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, there's no... Yeah. So I think it's more about I mean, you, ego. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't have, like, a side gig where you ship boat, like... Yeah. <laughs> Charter ship. people to remote yeah. islands. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that was the side thing they did just for the vacation, right? I mean, right. The, the main thing was that they take boats to, like wherever they're being sold mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, which yeah is is just such a specific occupation that <laughs> you know i i've just I, i've never really been like sailing or anything you know um and i also just haven't really been interested in it the most i've been is like on a lake you know oh yeah yeah um it's a really popular thing in like vacation spots. So like in Gulf Shores, I met a guy. Well, we did it. We went uh, like on kind of like a private sailing thing, and um, we were talking to the guy, and that was his job. I mean, it was his boat, but he did charter fishing. He did that. He spent half of his time, half the year in Gulf Shores, half the year somewhere in Louisiana. But yeah, that was just okay. So, and he had a family. Okay, like, so then you're a little bit closer to like subject like do you think that it was like an effective fear like an effective portrayal of the fear that comes with with doing that i think so and like i think it is less about the safety of the shore and sort of man's ego and its ability to like tame and deal with nature right i mean like nature just kind of like kicks them in the groin in this one it was like well you thought you had a boat (laughs) take that away from you um but again that's the issue that i have with the story is that the thing that got in the way of their survival is the i don't remember the main character's name or the guy's name but it's like his ego all the whole time yeah i mean he's able to save one person but weren't there five people (laughs) yeah but i mean so oh that's true okay Okay, i'll give you that i mean because that that was kind of the one shot. I mean, the the guy on the boat was never found. Right. Presumably, he the boat sank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, I mean, it is like. I I don't know. I mean, I I feel like he is the guy to like trust, but yeah at the same time like i i wouldn't be out there like, <laughs> i wouldn't be out there to begin would with. you have, yeah would you have stayed on the boat like with the guy on the boat or you mean you wouldn't have gone on I, the I trip w- to the island yeah i just don't think i would have been on a boat like that to begin with um <laughs> yeah i so so if i would i mean i yeah, that's so tough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could have done the kickboard thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I have like that the freaks me out. The stamina. No, I don't. I I think I if I was gonna ide- identify with someone, I think I would have identified with um, the uh, the woman that's like in the relationship that's married, where she. It's just like, well, I guess we have to do this, but I definitely don't want to. <laughs> I think that would have been me. Yeah. I probably would have been the guy who or no, it's it's the diff it's the other woman who like first stays on the boat and then when she sees her friends yes. uh leaving, she's like, eh, I changed my mind. Yeah, I think that would have been that me. That probably would be me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, I mean, but I guess, so, the thing is, like, the sharks are, you know, there's really nothing much to say about the sharks. They just represent nature. That's that's what I think it is. Yeah, I mean... Not that sharks have to have character or personality. No, but if we're looking for depth in the shark... I don't, don't know if it's it. here. I think it's more the ocean at large, right? Like the fear of what's beneath you, which I think is associated to sharks in some movies. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, it's not just the shark that they're afraid of in this movie. It's not just the shark that is the monster, right? Mm-hmm. It's isolation. It's all these other things. It's not the focus. So I'm trying to think, what is it? add to a movie like Jaws maybe the isolation factor is more prominent it's not that it's not in Jaws Mm -hmm. but yeah but I would still say that what is scarier and more memorable about Jaws was the kind of cat and mouse between the men on the boat completely isolated like no one's coming to help them sure yeah um and um yeah and uh here where yeah there's just I mean there's some cat and mouse but they they have very few uh very few like tools at their disposal I mean what are you gonna do kick a shark in the face punch it in the gills Uh, I mean that's what dolphins do yeah it's true and, and I'm not and I'm definitely not being the kind of person that's like well if I was in there I would just kick them in the gills cause yeah. like no I wouldn't no you wouldn't I would die <laughs> I'd be that guy who dies first yeah. but I, I think it has to do with the fact that we they're, they're not together enough I, I yeah, keep coming back I see that, that. I, yeah I definitely see that now, I'll bring one thing up that I just thought of is that though originally, if we think about the shark as an archetype, as, as an archetypal monster, isn't that what the shark represents anyway is? Like, sort of unfettered nature, like what lies beneath? Yeah, but I just, I think it's done like better in void. other movies. Like, the, the cold-blooded killer, you know, is... Yeah, that we see in, yeah, Jaws is frightening, um, and it just, it's, it's not the same here. Yeah, I wonder. I'd be curious. This is why I want to see her. The part at the end when she gets rescued. How long is she on that rock? Did the sharks like wait around like they did for the guy on the boat? Like. Because I don't think this is supposed to be, like, the same shark stalking them, right? See, I don't know. I don't think so, but... Because the guy, the guy on the boat, I, th- I feel like that was, like, different sharks surrounding him than there was that was, like, quote-unquote, like, chasing the other people. You never saw more than one shark at a time. Right. And so, yeah, you're unsure if it's the same shark or not. But there, there, you just you don't get a sense that the ocean is filled with sharks, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you just see the one, right? That's why I think more the 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 monster that's really featured in this is the ocean. Yeah, that's the thing that like seems the most daunting. Is mm-hmm. like. The idea of yeah having to swim just in one direction where you can't see the land you don't mm-hmm. know if you're gonna make it you're exhausted um, yeah because if there's sharks there's not much you can do mm-hmm. but yeah I think that the ocean yeah is the vastness of the ocean mm-hmm. is a much scarier monster than the shark which is definitely like archetypal fear don't get me wrong like that like I said I think is the origin of that that is where fear of sharks and 
mermaids and sirens and um, just thinking about like Charybdis, like all those really ancient monsters, mm-hmm. like that's their origin story, right? They have to come out of the sea, but we wanted to see something, right? We have to advance it <laughs> in the in the bracket for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm having a hard time with this one. Yeah, so I'm not going to give it a point. Yeah, me either. Scare factor? Have moments. I think the intent is there. Yeah, but not from beginning to end. No, that's where, yeah. Beginning to end is kind of the rub in this one. Yeah. All right. So no points there, so. No points. I, just non-canonical, not. I'd, I'd recommend it, but I, I wouldn't put it in honorable mention. I, I would say it's a perfectly fine shark movie if you want to watch another shark movie. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, well, now let's go to a creature that also comes from the sea, but onto land. <laughs> talking about Shin Godzilla. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Sharknado. Oh, that's too scary. <laughs> when we made this podcast, I said, we will never do Sharknado. Yeah, it's too true. Too scary. It's true. It's the one movie I won't watch. He refuses. Yeah. I'm going to trick him one day. Yeah. And say, <laughs> did you like 90210 growing up? Yeah. Gaspar, Gaspar Noe films. Fine. <laughs> Serbian film, fine. Sharknado. No. Uh no. Oh, I saw this. Uh, I don't know if it was... Uh, do you follow uh, really awful movies on Twitter? No. Um, it's another... Uh, I think they, they have a podcast. They have a website. And they look at kind of like more B-movies and stuff like that. But they do a lot of horror. And um, they had this thread going on about the one, like the one horror movie that you will never watch again. And I, I scrolled through it just to see and Serbian film came up. Yeah. I was like, nope, never. I will never watch that again. Or, nor recommend that somebody watch it. Yeah. It's, um, it's not one that you would just want to throw on. You're never in the mood for that. Never. Um, It's more forced upon you, which makes sense given the content of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's move on to Shin Godzilla Mm -hmm. now. Um, So uh, this movie came out in 2016, um, directed by Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi written by Hideaki Anno and Sean Whitley, starring Hiroki Hasegawa as Rando Yaguchi, Yutada Takanuchi as Hideki Asada, Asaka, Ak- Akasaka, uh, Satomi Ishihara as Kayoko Ann Patterson, and Rin Usugi as Prime Minister Seiji Okochi. Let's begin with production. All right. So I really liked I, this this movie, and like we said before, I don't watch enough uh, Japanese films for to for me to put a label on it. But it definitely has its own style, right? And I think it's a I think it's a play on the style of the original. So like all of those like I don't know what you want to call them like zoomed in person staring so, at the camera like the. The mo- I, I would say, you- out of all the movies that we've watched, the host is the closest thing we have to this. Okay. Even more so than yeah the original Godzilla. Yeah, I yeah I'd agree with that. What do you call, like? What do you call that style though? Like I don't know how to describe it. It's I don't know unique. Uh, just some of the action scenes and the dialogue, like it moves very quickly to. It's not it's not over dramatic. But it's definitely dramatized, like... Yeah, it's it's heavily stylized. Yeah, it's, I don't know what to call it. it it's kind of uh, frenetic. There um, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Another movie that this reminded me of is Big Band Japan. Have you seen that? No. Okay, tell me about that. <laughs> what do you mean it's like... How are they similar? <laughs> uh, that is about... A, 
a guy who can turn into a really large man um, who then fights kaiju. And so it's kind of a documentary in the style of, like, troll hunters, Mm -hmm. you know? Except it just follows this guy who, like, gets big and fights monsters. (laughs) And there's some kind of, like... There's, like, a melancholiness to it. Um, So it's not just over the top, uh, but it is is very over the top. (laughs) It's very stylized. Um, But as far as, like, the, the city destruction stuff, looking at, like the large goofiness of the Godzilla monster. Um, it definitely reminded me of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, it wasn't, I'm not saying that it's a dig. It's just something that like, that stood out and uh-huh. that I thought made the movie fun. Yeah. Um, because it was like the mix of that with some serious moments. I mean, the way that in terms of the writing that they approach the disaster that is Godzilla, it seems very real. Yeah. Like, how, how, how a city would react to it. Yeah. And this is what we saw in the original Godzilla that we liked mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much. Like, it's so clearly a metaphor um, for a large-scale disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, it's, it's reminiscent of the... Um, nuclear reactor meltdown mm-hmm. um and yeah it you there are so many scenes of government bureaucracy but like that's my favorite part it was oh, so yeah. good and they just went from like meeting to meeting to meeting but it was funny while also being very entertaining um, and i think i think in some ways it's all, yeah it's like it's a critique of that too like yeah. you know how they're stepping on each other's toe, toes and sort of vying for power and right. Just how, how ineffective <laughs> some of their yeah. decision making is too like yeah I, yeah I, I really enjoyed that part of the movie it's it wasn't just quick to oh like bring out the tanks right it was I think the best I, I mean I, I don't want to jump the gun it, it's probably my favorite Godzilla movie. Um, but I think the best portrayal of, like, the the government and the human response to a kaiju yeah. that I've seen. Mm. And that's including Gamera with little Ricky, whatever his name was. <laughs> I don't know. I tried um, freaking about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so good. It felt a lot like In the Loop. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Veep? The show? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, so there's, it's the same guy who made Veep in, in the Loop. And so it's this very, like, fast-paced political okay. talk mm-hmm. movement. and. But, but they always look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And um, he particularly comes up with, like, the most incredible and vulgar insults. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really astonishing. We don't get that in this movie, but we get the other stuff. The, like, yeah, mm-hmm. constantly, like, you know, who's talking to who. You know, people who are, like, really trying to change the system, but then, like... They're, they're just so outnumbered and disregarded. Um, and then you get the, like, ragtag team of scientists and academics and politicians. And it's it's just so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I like so how bad. in this one, too, which there are a lot of ways the story and the pacing of this um, just feels like say uh it reminded me so much of what i liked about the original um that it kind of places this close to it in my heart like um i liked how science kind of wins yeah i was gonna say that too instead of brute military force it it really captured like like it's the most optimistic yes movie 
Yes. Because, yeah, it's there, there are several moments of epiphanies or, like, people figuring things out, and it seems triumphant. Like, yes, like, if we have the right people in the right places, and, and if we put our minds to it, like, we can overcome just about any problem. And, mm-hmm. like, that's such... that's That's so cool to see. In a yeah, large scale disaster movie, and it's it's more like if we do more collaborative thinking yeah. than just red tape bureaucracy and the competition between nations. Yes, you know? yeah, I don't, <laughs> that was seemed really relevant yeah. to today. But yeah, I like that they didn't. They brought in all sides of that and didn't rush to. I feel like in a lot of these action movies, it rushes to the military general guy who's like, let's nuke it. Like, in, And then there's every, one scientist who's yes. like the lone voice of dissent. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, on top of that, and you know, I'm glad they spent time discussing why they didn't want to drop another nuclear bomb on the country, yeah. right? Like, that's a huge focus. And mm-hmm. it, again so reminiscent of the first of the original mm-hmm. um, that I really appreciated it I think it did well I mean for oh since we're talking about story what you, did you look up meaning of the ending when you see yeah. like the tale you did look it up yeah was that what you were thinking so spoiler alert because we're going to talk about it um I wasn't entirely sure what to think of it okay. um because it happened so quickly I was just kind of like, huh? Oh, when you see the shot of the tail at the yeah. end? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I, I like the explanation that it was Godzilla attempting to revolve and whatever its biggest predator was, or whatever the next obstacle it was, that's what it was revolving into. Yeah. So I, I got it. I thought it made sense. I liked it because we were... Well, well I, this is more of a monster quality thing. I'll say it. Yeah, that Godzilla is kind of the, not personification, zooification of evolution. Embodiment, yeah. Embodiment of evolution. Yes. Right. Um, Because that's what's different about this one is that it evolves. Um, Yeah, and so it, it makes the scenes of destruction interesting when you have like this weird looking Godzilla I mean it never really stops looking weird right because at first I was like oh it has googly eyes like that's a reference to like the original one where it has googly eyes okay and and it looks like you know a weird fish or something yes Um, but then it still like has like really tiny arms at the end it doesn't need when does it ever use arms yeah well I guess in the recent ones um throws down but um (laughs) it's more about the tail and the jaw and the fire and the spikes on the yeah yeah yeah. like it's all about that stuff and i think this is more so for for story reasons i definitely want to give it a point in production i think yeah i'll I'll also say like you know these movies are all about destruction We, we see just mass destruction and the scenes of destruction here are like really effective like where you see the the trail of smoke and dust mm-hmm. you know i think it's so cool to see like from a really really far distance just like I did the, like that. the path of destruction mm-hmm. that it took well i think it what was important about it is it's a play on perspectives mm-hmm. and i think i mean assume we'll get to Kong versus Godzilla and you know kind of mix things about that but that's something I appreciate about that movie and this movie is that okay let's not just do zoomed up into Godzilla destroying stuff or zoomed out with the effects but like getting the people's perspective Mm -hmm. and all those different moves I think work really well yeah but what I was gonna say so you're gonna give it a point production yes me too so in monster quality what I like so much about this movie is it does push 
the meaning and depth of the character of Godzilla one step forward. It recognizes where it's been, it's moving forward with one of the, like really one of the conceits of the movie is that um, it's evolving, our threats are evolving. And not only do we see it as a nuclear threat, which is still there, but also the threat of other natural disasters. Um, right. And so I, that's what I liked about this symbolically is that the is that the monster represents where in the first one we saw it represents the threat of nuclear war. In this one, it's also like nature and these other like ever changing responses to disaster. I right. think it was like very intentional and yeah, worked well. Because if you're going to make this metaphor for disaster today, like in, mm. in a more modern context, like you, you really can't avoid talking about climate change. Mm -hmm. Or at least I think if you want to do it in a smart way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so, yeah, I think this movie allows for that metaphor to grow. Because, yeah, our threats change from, yeah, a city-sized nuclear bomb to, like, a global-sized catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Like, it just gets bigger and bigger mm -hmm. um, and more and more difficult to, to solve. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's great and i also love how there was like that countdown when it was recharging mm -hmm. you know like there you know there there's a goal in mind like there's a, a deadline in mind that people had to work towards mm -hmm. and because of the collaborative nature of of like our main characters like they're able to to stop it but i mean we're on a clock too as yeah. far as global warming mm -hmm. so it just it just makes for a, a, a much more interesting metaphor by having it evolve yes in the, in the fact that so it doesn't I, I like that it's like you said it's a little bit more subtle right it's just like hinting at the type of evolution it's not like like the tremor sequels where it's like it literally just changes and now it like it farts fire and flies around <laughs> like yeah you know what i mean it could have gone that way it could have just been like it could have shed its skin and done a new thing but it's just like that hints like no like the threats are always evolving yeah and so our response to them needs to as well mm -hmm. yeah and, and it's cool to see like oh the the new thing that it can do mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um yeah but that doesn't come till the very end yeah. I'm thinking of like that. Are you thinking of like the the like lasers out of its mm -hmm. fins thing? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like closer to the end that that happens? Um, I feel like it happens kind like just of before in they the try to middle, freeze it, and then he is in like rest mode, and then he does it again. Rest mode. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because that's like <laughs> that's, that's that's when what, they figure out. Yeah. That's what drains him. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think, but yeah, it just it just works because yeah. So planes yeah. worked the first time, yeah, uh, to a degree, and then he evolved so that you know, yeah, missiles see, don't work. And that's where I think the power of the monster, the quality of this monster, at the end is that what is the biggest existential threat to humanity? People. Yeah. On his tail. <laughs> People, <Yeah>. Godzillas. <laughs> it, it makes sense. I I wish it could have done more than just. Just suggested the at the very end but i guess that's not what that's not the story it was trying to tell you know right it, it was right. not trying to you know tell a story about right. you know it's just the icing a thousand people like godzillas or something yeah which when is that movie coming out i would watch it i would i mean i would love to see a direct sequel to this oh um, yeah <clears throat> more more than any other version to. of godzilla i yeah. feel like this one I mean, it does stand on its own. It doesn't call for a sequel. Yeah. But, like I said, it's yeah. my favorite portrayal of the Godzilla monster. I would love to see more. Yeah, how great. Like, one of those, like, things on the tail break off and kind of just divides and becomes a problem. And then they have to resurrect Godzilla to come fight it. <laughs> and so there's all the little Godzillas crawling on the big Godzilla. You know, I like how this one Godzilla is never on the good 
inside. Like he's never a protector. Because he yeah. always turns into that, right? Well, in that other, the Matthew Broderick one, isn't that what they end up finding out at the end? Or Ooh, no, I think that one. It's been a minute. I mean, it's probably been since what was that? Late nineties. Yeah, that's what I think. I saw that in the theater. <laughs> like, I did too. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was good at the time. Yeah, had a killer soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. But that one, because it flopped, yeah. it just disappeared. It, yeah, there wasn't a sequel. But I guess I'm talking about like the original, you know, Godzilla series of films where yeah. Oh, he becomes, as yeah, yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. the hero, and then in in the 2014 Godzilla um, mm-hmm. it's unambiguously yeah. a hero yeah yeah. which is just interesting because this movie came out after that and it's so much more interesting and complicated mm-hmm. but then but so, the sequels but, yeah they don't the sequels yeah they to, to 2014 they they don't take any of that yeah all right. So who's the who's the victor? Oh, we didn't talk about Scare Factor. Um, Unfortunately, it's not very scary. It's not scary. It's definitely really, more really action. Uh, I don't think. I, I can't give it a point for Scare Factor. Yeah, I mean, the destruction was effective. The moment where like it wipes out the whole like presidential cabinet mm-hmm. I think was kind of a chilling moment because you see that in movies like this and, and, and Mars Attacks mm-hmm. and you just know like oh it's over like mm-hmm. you just get this sense of dread like those are the leaders that we're supposed to look up to mm-hmm. in Independence Day it's you know the president is like flying the jet you know but um, yeah, when when you see leadership just wiped out in one swipe, I think it is chilling. But yeah, it it wasn't um, it wasn't necessarily a scary movie. Mm-hmm. But I think this totally deserves to be an honorable mention. I do too. It 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 yeah. This was the first watch for me. Um, yeah, I think it definitely deserved its place as a, as one of those. Not only a great kaiju movie, but just monster movie. Yeah, it's do it's kind of checks all the boxes for looking for in terms of monster quality and production, like yeah, story. If, if you want a good example of monster as a metaphor, uh-huh. watch this. All right, so uh, who wins the day? Who's in the bracket? I mean, I think it's got to be Godzilla. 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 He's the king of the monsters. He would stomp a shark in the ocean. Yeah, he would. Well, not stomp it. He would burn it to a crisp and then eat it like a kebab yeah have a little sushi I, I agree I mean the shark I mean we've also just seen two middling to really poor shark movies um, yeah but yeah even though they're a more realistic threat um, I think Godzilla is a much more interesting metaphor yes if we're looking for a better metaphor uh, if we're looking for more depth, better archetype, mm-hmm. yeah, Godzilla for sure. Because he can he can embody more things. Like, Jaws is a little bit limited to what he can represent. Like, yeah. Or she. I mean, Jaws can be a little... Limited. Thank you for being shark-inclusive. Yeah. Well, like, it turns out, isn't it, in 3, that it's a she? Jaws has I, a baby at one point, right? Yeah, I guess so. But it's like, each shark is different. It's not like the same shark from the first... No, but isn't that what they play? Like, when the shark comes attacking, what's her name? It's like, it's vengeance? Like, it has memory or something? I don't I know. thought that was the premise. I don't think we're going to watch it anytime soon, so... I'm going to make you watch it. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, uh, what do we know? Godzilla's the winner. Yeah, so next Godzilla's going to be in our finals. Yeah, next, we've got King Kong. All right, right, this is going into the finals. Um, King Kong versus Predator. And so, what are we watching for that? So we're watching Predator 2. Yes. Um, and we're watching um, the Peter Jackson King Kong remake. Yes. So, yeah, we'll, the winner of that battle will 
go up against Godzilla. So is it going to be the classic Kong versus Godzilla matchup, or are the Predators going to overthrow That's King? That's the movie. Take Shin Godzilla, evolve it, take those tail creatures versus Aliens versus Predator. Let's make that movie. Versus Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's just called Versus. <laughs> in Versus X versus Shet Sever. Because there is a movie called But Versus. on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So if you want to check out more episodes and see how you're doing uh, getting your perfect bracket, even though we're a little out of March, uh, that's okay. We're not on any real schedule. <laughs> um, check out more episodes at theterrortest.com or follow us on Twitter, the underscore terror underscore test. Pencils down. The terror test is over.